Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Blaze Radio Network. And now, chewing the fat with Jeff Fisher. Warning, warning, yes, warning. Toyota is warning thousands of customers that eh, they may get scam emails after a data leak. So if you're a Toyota user and you've been using the smartphone app, you may have had your personal information leaked. That's all though. Uh, You know, just about 300,000 pieces of customer information from the T-Connect service, which connects users to their cars, might have been leaked. Now, Toyota released a statement warning customers that you may be at risk of receiving spam, phishing scams, or unsolicited email messages to your email addresses. But, and it's only been happening since, oh, I don't know, 2017. That's it, though. Don't worry about it. We don't have any cases reported of misuse. And the contractor that developed the T-Connect website accidentally uploaded parts of the source code with public settings. That's all. That was an accident and we don't have any problem. (laughs) But uh, the investigations haven't ruled out worst case scenarios just yet. So just a heads up for those of you using uh, the T-Connect service for Toyota. And I would probably say that there are probably some other connect services for whatever apps you're using on your phone could be an issue. Just a heads up. Uh, I'm sure it'll be fine and I'm sure everything will be okay. Right. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. I don't know how many mobile apps there are out there for your automobiles now but i know that you know we're already going to be fighting for information right i mean we're with the new cars uh and especially the electric ones uh there are you know they're smartphones on wheels so you're looking at uh you know having google or apple or amazon prime start uh, with all your information so your information is out there no matter what you do so it's just a matter of what software you believe will keep your information as safe as possible. I mean, I've said all along that our information is out there. It's just a matter of who we trust to have it. And hopefully the information is not going to be used for nefarious reasons, right? I mean, good luck, God bless. The information is out there with all these companies uh, getting all of our information uh, when we sign up for things and we just, you know, give it to them higgly piggly. So then I see another uh, story about the world's most surveilled cities. And I mean, look, uh, we've said before, you might as when you go out into the world, just know that you're being filmed, period. And I was thinking, well, you know, here in the U.S., we feel like we're being filmed everywhere. But according to this list, which excludes China, by the way, 
because I believe China is, uh, if you look at everything they have, they're looking at uh, a billion surveillance cameras. <laughs> I mean, we're looking at we're looking at a billion surveillance cameras globally, and more than half of that is in China. So, okay, we'll see. But the uh, top cities. Uh, Los Angeles is the only American city that has uh, 3.9 million people. It has uh, 34,959 cameras, according to this list, which means they have nine cameras for every thousand people. Now, I thought Beverly Hills, according to this story, and I thought Beverly Hills was, you know, pretty strong. And yes, it is. Um, you know, uh, According to the Los Angeles Times, Beverly Hills has 2,000 cameras for its population of 32.5. So that's like 62 cameras per 1,000. So Beverly Hills would be number two in the global ranking if it was listed separately. So you tap, put in Beverly Hills into the greater LA area, drops LA down to, uh, what is that, 10th. Now the top four are all in India. Uh, indoor India. Uh, Hyderabad, India. I think that's how you say it. Uh, Delhi, India and Chennai, India, uh, all have, uh, well, indoor India has a population of 3.2 million people and it has 200,600 cameras. So 63 per a thousand, uh, Hyderabad, uh, has 10.5 million people. Wow. Uh, 440,299 cameras, which is 42 for every thousand. <laughs> Delhi, India has 16.3 million people as a population. So they only have 436,600 cameras. So that's only 27 per a thousand people. <laughs> and the other India city, uh, Chennai, C-H-E-N-N-A-I, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong, has 11.5 million people. And they have 282,126 cameras. According to this study, that means 25 cameras per 1,000. So you think, okay, well, what about London? I thought London was tops. Pfft, London is like eighth. Uh, now they have 9.5 million people there. They have 13 cameras per 1,000 people. And the London is tied with St. Petersburg, Russia, uh, with, uh, and Russia, I mean, St. Petersburg, Russia has 5.5 million people, a lot less than, uh, London. And they only have 70,000 cameras, but you know, less population equals 13,000 per a thousand people. Los Angeles, I said was number 10. And then Baghdad, Iraq, uh, coming in at number six with 7.5 million people, 120,000 cameras, 16 per every 1,000 people in Moscow. Uh, has 17 cameras per 1,000 people with their 12.6 million population. Singapore has 6 million people, 18 cameras per 1,000. Well, I mean, we're, we're being surveilled and we're, we're getting looked at good. Now, China, on the other hand, is separate from all these cities because China has, uh, you know, over half a billion cameras. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, they figure that's 373 cameras per a thousand people. 
uh, you're being surveilled in China. That's uh, that's part of the deal. And uh, that's part of their social credit program. And uh, they give that gives an unprecedented amount of oversight. So, I mean, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. That's That seems to be happening here in the U.S. as well. So we're giving it over to the government, which is a shame. A real, real shame. And that's per person, right? So then we have the 10 most surveilled cities in the world uh, with just cameras per square mile. That's where, okay, because New York is in that list. New York is seventh in that list with uh, 187.6 cameras per square mile. Oh, wow. Uh, Delhi is number one with uh, 1,446.3 cameras per square mile. <laughs> so London is six with 206.86 cameras per square mile. Mexico City is 10th with 140 cameras per square mile. Wow. I mean, we're just being surveilled. We're being surveilled and you're just going to live with it. Okay. Uh, we're just going to live with it. I mean, you look at uh, the most populated cities in the world and their camera figures. Uh, You know, Tokyo uh, has, what, 37 million people. It's a little crowded. Uh, 1.06 cameras per 1,000 people. 7.54 cameras per square mile. So New York is not even in the top 10 here. So yeah, don't worry about the United States. Beijing, Mumbai, Osaka, Mother Japan, uh, China, Brazil, Bangladesh, Dhaka, Bangladesh. We're, you know what? I'm just going to stop looking at this now because <laughs> uh, just look, this is what you need to know. You're being surveilled and you're on camera anytime you're outside of your home and maybe even in your home, uh, depending on if you have security cameras up for your home, uh, you're being surveilled. So just Act like you're in a movie whenever you're out and about because you are. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink for sure. Instead of uh, getting ready to watch Surveillance in the City. (laughs) It's a new show. Oh, maybe that's just already on. No problem. Uh, Anyway, let's go to the break room and get something cold to drink, shall we? We have Fat Bear Week uh, still ongoing. We're in the semifinal two today uh, with a 128 Grazer up against 901. And then the winner of that will go up against 747. So 747 is, I believe, who I chose to begin with. I'll have to go back and uh, actually pay attention. But uh, good luck to uh, all the uh, finalists. <laughs> semi-finalists in uh, Fat Bear Week at uh, Katmai National Park. So we'll find out uh, find out the winner very, very soon on the fattest bear of Fat Bear Week 2022. Also, happy Canadian Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> I know you were ready for me to, you know, say happy Columbus Day or happy Indigenous Peoples Day. But uh, it's also Canadian Thanksgiving Day, so I, mean, I guess they've been partying in Canada all weekend, and uh, this is the actual Thanksgiving holiday today. So as Canadians, I guess they can gather for their Thanksgiving feast on any day. So can we. 
come to think of it. We could gather any damn day we want because this is America, okay? <laughs> so are you, you know, anyway, a happy Thanksgiving day to all the Canadians listening to Chewing the Fat. I hope you have a tremendous Thanksgiving day today, the 10th of October, 2022. Uh, I want you to be thankful and celebrate your Canadian Thanksgiving. Okay. Also, it's Indigenous Peoples Day. I mean, I know that it's Christopher Columbus Day and, uh, you know, it was a national holiday. It started in 1934. The uh, Christopher Columbus so-called discovery of the Americas. But, uh, man, we can't have that because Native Americans uh, are not happy with Christopher Columbus. And so they believe that his arrival kicked off a wave of colonization centuries of violence and forced assimilation and so we've got to change this to indigenous people's day and that needs to happen okay yeah all right so happy indigenous people's day slash columbus day all right all right then Anyway, those of you tired of celebrating, uh, you know, celebrating uh, Thanksgiving Day and think and celebrating uh, Indigenous People slash Columbus Day, you may want to go on a vacation so you can sleep. I see now that we're making a big deal out of sleep tourism. It's been growing in popularity. Has it? <laughs> okay. If you say so, no problem. I believe that there are plenty of places now that... Uh, uh, are focusing their attention on those suffering from sleep deprivation. So apparently over the past year, uh, plenty of places have opened up uh, like the Park Hyatt, New York, uh, the Bright Restorative Sleep Suite, 900-square-foot suite filled with sleep-enhancing amenities, while Rosewood Hotels and Resorts recently launched a collection of, retreat, of, of retreats called the Alchemy of Sleep, which is designed to promote rest. Oh, that's so special. And we have the uh, Sleep and Spa Hotels. It's just a wonderful thing to get sleep. You know, I know that they interviewed this doctor in this story. She authored a book, Sleep for Success. And, uh, that shift has been coming for a long time, according to the doc. And now people, you know, people who stay at hotels and really hotels have, you know, focused their time on, uh, keeping people away from sleeping, right? They want you to be up, you're traveling, uh, you use the room to go in and take a shower and maybe sleep for a little bit and then you're up and back at it again, right? So now people believe that sleep is, uh, well, she calls it the collective awareness and prioritization on wellness and well-being yeah uh sleep is a big deal <laughs> according to this study from the journal of clinical sleep medicine man who doesn't love to read through the journal of clinical sleep medicine found that 40 percent of the over 2500 adults who took part in a reported a reduction in their sleep quality since the start of the pandemic. Okay. So there's been a heightened attention to sleep in the COVID-19 era because so many people have struggled with sleep. Hypnotherapist uh, 
meditation and holistic coach Mal Malminder Gill. I, I didn't have to tell you Malminder's name because you, of course, are well aware of the hypnotherapist, meditation, and holistic coach Melminder Gill has also noticed a change in attitudes toward sleep. Everything seems to be moving towards longevity, and I think that has really fueled things. Do you, Mal? Okay, thanks. Uh, no doubt about it. Listen, sleep is important, and, it, and it's very nice to be able to go on a place where you can go and just be left alone and sleep. But, you know, I always go back to the habit of two sleeps, where things were a lot better when we had two sleeps, right? Not just one. That was I know that was prior to electricity, but I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the two-sleep method. I don't live it necessarily, and I should. And I apologize for not living the two-sleep method. So you would uh, get up and you know go about your day, and then early in the evening you would lay down and you would go to sleep. And you would sleep for two to six hours, however long, however long you know, that first sleep would be. And then you would get up and you would read, you would pray, you would make love to your wife or your girlfriend or whatever, uh, or yourself. And you would then, uh, you'd be up for a little while and then you would go back to sleep and sleep until you would wake up in the morning and then uh, go about your day. So you had two sleeps and there were a lot of mentions uh, throughout the the early days about two sleeps and what happened, you know, in between sleeps. And it was all, you know, then they started hearing about it. People were testifying in court that uh, something happened in between the, you know, after the first sleep. So it was a big deal. Now it really kind of went away with electricity, right? Because at that time, uh, with in the 17th century, uh, there was no, uh, electricity. Just so you know that. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, there was no electricity, so you were living with candles, okay? And uh, so it made a little bit different on how we do things, how humans take care of things. So you know, you weren't you didn't have the paper there, which changed everything. I mean, electricity changed everything. So I am still, I, you could still go about a two sleep life. But you'd really have to work at it. And it would have to be your way of, of, of living, right? You'd have to do it and not... And you could still do it. And a person could still live that life. But you'd have to do it and really work at it. Because the world is not around that way of living anymore. But sleep is important and it's rest. And we realize how important it is for our bodies. So we need to, uh, you know, you need to sleep as much as you can. And the, and I feel like the eight hour thing is, uh, kind of a made up thing. And they've done studies where people go automatically go back into a two sleep thing when they don't have electricity and they, you know, they sleep and you get up and then you, uh, and then you wake up and you do about some things and then you go back to sleep and then you're up again. I'm a big fan of that. I've, I've ever since I was a little kid, I uh, remember being, uh, you know, having a two sleep day. 
<laughs> I'd get up early. My mom would get, get us up. And then, uh, you know, oh, that time it wasn't us. It was just me and uh, before my brother was born. And then uh, she would go to work. My dad would be at work. And they would drop me off at my aunt and uncle's house to spend the day. And my uncle and aunt would be up. She would be getting uh, breakfast made and getting lunch made for my uncle to go off to work. He worked in the foundry. Then he would come home and farm. He had, you know, he had a farm to take care of too. He worked at the foundry in Flint, Michigan, and he'd, then he'd come home and farm. And that's where, you know, I get tractor and all of the farming stuff. But they would be up. I'd come in. Hello. How you doing? Have a little breakfast. See you at uncle. Uncle Les would be off to work. Take care. Love you. And my aunt would be going, okay, we're back to bed. <laughs> get a little sleep now. Okay. We've got a long day ahead, but first we're going back to sleep. I am a fan of the two sleep lifestyle and did i keep that no but i should have mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, my dear. Rosalind Kim here. My name is Mrs. Rosalind Kim. I am a 56 years old woman. Presently, I am hospitalized in the Philippines where I've been undergoing treatment for an acute esophageal cancer. I am a dying widow who has decided to donate some of her wealth to a reliable individual that will use this money to help the poor and less privileged. I want to make a donation of 5,700,000 euros to orphans or charitable organizations in your area. Can you handle it? If you are willing to accept this offer and do exactly as I instruct you, then get back to me for more explanation. Rosalind Kim, 200. Uh, yeah, uh, she wants me to get back to her uh, at a different email than what was sent to me at chewingthefat at theblaze.com. Uh, you know, but uh, best regards, uh, Mrs. Rosalind Kim. And you know what? Am I willing to do exactly what you instruct me to do for 5,700,000 euros? <laughs> you know what? Sure. Yeah, I sure am. I'm all yours, Rosalind. So give me, uh, let me, let me respond. Uh, you know, I'll have to put a reminder in my calendar to respond to Rosalind and see what happens. Uh, it's nice of her to uh, want to help orphans and, and or charitable organizations in my area. Uh, and yes, I, I, I can handle it. No problem. But, uh, I gotta take time to get back to Rosalind. I feel like Rosalind has reached out before. But, uh, you know, I, maybe I guess I, when I replied, I didn't reply to the correct email. <laughs> they keep sending them. They keep sending them. Uh, one of these times I'm going to have to reply because I do want 5,700,000 euros. Uh, I want that more than, you know, 
but I don't want to have to go through Rosalind and then have whatever, you know, 10 or $15 I have in my bank account lost to whoever is pretending to be Rosalind Kim. And that's what's going to happen. You and I both know that. Um, I see where my man Harvey Weinstein back in court today, uh, being, uh, you know, on trial for the second trial over his sex crimes. Uh, we all know he was convicted uh, in 2012, 21 years left on his prison sentence. And so I know the New York court, though, cracked the door open for his conviction to get overturned. So let's see what happens with that. And this trial, you know, I mean, brings a lot more significance to this trial. Uh, he's facing four counts of rape and seven counts of sexual assault. Has he gotten his teeth fixed yet? Remember, he went in front of the judge begging for to go to a private dentist to get his teeth fixed. And uh, the judge said, hey, uh, write a request for the dental work and I'll review it later. Has that happened? I haven't seen any news reports of that. So they're just letting Harvey go to trial with his rotting teeth. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, uh, that seems like a good way to uh, appeal whatever happens in this court case. If you have to, if he has to deal with showing off his rotting teeth, that seems uh, seems a little odd to let that happen. I mean, it's been look, it's been five years now since the initial Weinstein allegations uh, and the Me Too movement uh, took place. I mean, twenty-two states in Washington D.C. have passed more than seventy workplace anti-harassment bills. Wow, how's that working out? How's that working out for everybody? Uh, you got R. Kelly. Uh, Cosby, Epstein, uh, were put behind bars, although, you know, Cosby's back home and, uh, you know, R. Kelly's busy fighting that, although he's going to spend some serious time in jail. Uh, we got Harvey in jail, but still fighting that. So how's that Me Too thing going? Are we good? I know they were saying that it wasn't going good when Amber Heard and Johnny Depp were on trial. (laughs) It doesn't stop that hostile behavior toward women. I'll tell you that. Oh, okay. All right. So what about Time's Up? What about Time's Up? How's that doing? Is that still anything at all? I don't think so. I don't think so. So now, according to a new Pew survey, 70% of respondents said that people who commit sexual misconduct in the workplace are more likely to be held accountable now than compared to five years ago. Okay. I mean, I, I, I guess if that's what you believe, that's what you believe. Good for you. And good. They need to be held accountable. But if you, I I feel like that's not true. But what do I know? Nothing is what I know. Nothing is what I know. Uh, Do I still, am I still using PayPal? I don't know if I am or not. Uh, They said that they had a new policy where they were going to fine users 2,500 bucks who promote misinformation. Oh, no, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. That was sent an error. Sorry, we didn't mean to send that out. We're not really going to do that, you know, right now. But uh, we're not going to do that right now because we didn't think you people would actually read it. (laughs) And now you're pissed. So we're going to take it away. Although I don't think they've taken it away yet. They said they were going to, but it's still in their terms of agreement. Huh. Huh. It's almost like it wasn't an error when it was sent out. But again, what do I know? Nothing. Nothing is what I know. Oh, we got another recall too. Uh, Rivian, the electric vehicle company, uh, is recalling nearly all the vehicles it has produced. 
<laughs> all the electric pickups, vans, and SUVs uh, that the company filed with the National Highway Traffic Safety uh, Administration. Yeah, uh, they sent out a, a message to the customers uh, on Friday that uh, we got to recall them. Uh, we got to bring them back because, uh, well, we've got a we've got to tighten down a loose fastener. It's not funny. I know it's not funny. I guess they haven't, you know, no one's been injured yet as recall of the problem, but it's potentially, you know, an issue. Yeah. Uh, if you have a, if you have a fastener that's loose, nobody likes a loose fastener, uh, especially in an electric vehicle. So they're going to recall 12,212 uh, of their vehicles. And uh, I guess you got to, Tighten down the old fastener on the uh, on the Rivian. You know, did you see, speaking of electric cars though? I saw and I I, I I see Teslas all the time on the road, but I saw a car the other day I hadn't seen before called uh, Lucid. Uh, I guess it's Lucid Motors, and it's an electric vehicle. That baby was a uh, pretty. Uh, that was a pretty car. Now apparently uh, they only go for about one hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty, probably a couple hundred thousand dollars. Uh, so no wonder it was pretty, but I hadn't seen one on the road before. It was really a nice looking car. So it's an electric car. So, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know. Lucid hasn't had any recalls that I know of. Uh, where do they make Lucid? Okay. They chose, according to the lucidmotors.com website, uh, they chose a 500 acre property in Casa Grande, Arizona, uh, located between Phoenix and Tucson and within easy reach of our Silicon Valley headquarters. Uh, so that's where they have their, where their facility of their EV factory in North America. They're available all over the world and they're opening up new studios all over the world. It is a beautiful car though. I'll tell you that. I, I saw that, uh, lucid air on the road and I thought, wow, I hadn't seen that one before. Really, really pretty. Now, I guess uh, I said 150000 Apparently, you can start off at like 87000 or something like that for the old Lucid Air. So, okay. All right. They have, uh, apparently, you can use the ultra-fast 900-volt charging system. Uh, 22 minutes for approximately for a 300-mile charge. That's not bad. Uh, if that actually is true, that's not bad. Uh, 20, 20, 20 minutes for 300 miles. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, in our new world, that's pretty good. There's no doubt about that. So, oh, this one here. Let's see. Design yours starts at 169,000. This one starts at 250,000. And this one starts at 154. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, oh, the air sapphire. Uh, okay. 200 miles per hour, about 1200 horsepower. Woo. Uh, $249,000. <laughs> no wonder the one I saw looked so pretty because I'm sure that that was, uh, probably at least the $200,000 one that I saw on the road. <laughs> yeah. No wonder it was so pretty. Hey, get yours today. I mean, if you're looking to buy, you could probably, Tom's probably going to have to sell it. I see where Brady has his, uh, his super yacht, the wager 77. Uh, that bad boy is sweet. Uh, I guess the wager 77 
super yacht is like six or seven million dollars so that's not that bad because uh, he sold according to this story he sold his or upgraded from i don't know that he sold the uh, regular wager 55s to the wager 77 so he may have kept the <laughs> he may have kept the old model just to you know have around to you know dust up when he needs a place to go this new yacht uh nine guests two crew members uh 400 nautical mile range uh 37 knots uh it's got uh circular seating sun pads large sofas dining area at the back uh luxurious large group of family and friends making it perfect according to this for the brady family yeah he's gonna go ahead and have to dump this or maybe he keeps it uh you know maybe he's got that park down in and Costa Rica for Giselle because it's over. I mean, they they are pretty much done, right? And she's got more money than him almost. I mean, I don't know. It's probably just going to be look. You go our own ways. You keep your stuff. I'll keep mine. Uh, and uh, you know, you get the kids uh, during the off season. Okay. All right. Good. Uh, you take care because that's a beautiful thing, man. You talk about houses of the hoity-toity, man. Yachts of the hoity-toity. No problem. I mean, one of the things, one of the things he doesn't have though, is I saw, this is so cool. It's a yacht, a luxury super yacht that turns into a submarine. How cool is that? U-boat works. I want one of these. Uh, it can, it's a super yacht and can also dive to 650 feet. Oh my gosh. If someone wants to purchase this for me, it's only about 25 million. It's only about $25 million. If you were thinking about getting me a Lucid car uh, and you think, well, does Jeff really want a Lucid or does he want the submarine yacht? Uh, it's a tough call. Uh, it's a tough call. I would guess, you know, if, if I had to guess, I would say that Jeff would want the $25 million transforming submarine yacht. But that's just me guessing. <laughs> that is so cool. It's got an underwater banquet hall that can take up to 120 passengers to the depth of 600 feet. Okay, so it's the largest uh, watercraft yet from U-Boat Works. 123-foot-long Nautilus. First and foremost is a luxury yacht. Uh, four staterooms, uh, guests plus a main suite for whoever's footing the bill, a dining and lounge area, uh, the water line with large viewing windows, quarters up to six crew members and a full galley has a sun deck freshwater pool a bar an additional outdoor outdoor dining area all that can be retracted and sealed away yeah i mean you need to if you're going to go underwater because this super yacht can dive to 650 feet up for four days its cruising speed drops from nine knots on the surface to four knots yeah fully submerged uh, if you can't endure a storm or choppy waters, can simply dip below unpleasant weather and ride out a storm or navigate to calmer waters. Yeah, I mean, that would be really cool. So you're looking at a starting price. Ooh, starting price. That means that's going to go up to a lot more. Starting price at $25 million. I mean, you wanted cushions on the sofas, right? 
<laughs> you wanted windows to look out of, right? Yeah, that's going to cost you a lot more than that. Okay? All right, good. So the yacht's also got a diesel electric power system that provides a range of 3,200 nautical miles, which is just shy of the maximum width of the Atlantic Ocean. That is sweet. I want... That would be cool to have. I mean, come on now. A yacht that turns into a sub? Hello. For, I mean, you'll be lucky to get it for $25 million. But everything then uh, covers up for to go below? Oh, that is really, really cool. Uh, yeah, either that or the Lucid. So you decide whatever you think, whatever you think Jeff would like the most. That's what you get him, okay? <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So as the water is receding in Florida, we're finding out uh, why you really shouldn't uh, go barefoot in the floodwaters. Uh, there's a picture of this ugly, ancient dinosaur fish stuck in a fence <laughs> in a neighborhood in Florida. Yeah, that's why you don't wander around uh, in the water after the storms come through. I mean, I know these, uh, they're usually around in, uh, you know, maybe streams and canals, the gar, guar, I think it was a guar, guar fish. G-A-R fish, uh, nasty looking, a dinosaur looking fish. Uh, so there, I love how, you know, of course there's snakes and alligators and all kinds of other, uh, you know, animals and bugs wandering around Florida now be on the lookout. But, uh, that's one of the reasons I love the all oh, reasons why you don't wear it barefoot in floodwaters. Yeah. No kidding. And they've got the big garfish stuck in the fence. Yeah. Cause those things are swimming around. Okay. <laughs> so don't be doing that and i saw speaking of florida they're saying that uh they're looking at insurance 67 billion anywhere from 53 to 74 billion dollars in insured losses from florida to the carolinas uh i think it's going to be a lot more than that that's just me i am not an insurance expert but uh, I know that they talk about how Katrina was up there about in the 80s or 90s of billions of dollars. And uh, some of the other storms have been in the $30 billion range. Uh, I talked about Ida was uh, most expensive hurricane on record in Florida. Yeah, that was $36 billion. Yeah, this one's going to be a lot more than $36 billion. And Katrina was $85 billion. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think we can, I think we, you think it's not going to be more than Katrina. I I don't know. You look at that damage, man, and it's going to be, they're saying they're, they're estimating 53 to 74 billion. And that's, I mean, I think once they get to it, it's going to be a lot more than that. And how do these insurance companies survive? Where is this money coming from? I mean, I don't know. 
I, I really don't know what's going to happen there. You know, most of the damage is flooded. I know, you know, you looked at a lot of the damage at the beaches, but most of the damage is, is flooding. And I don't know how many people had flood insurance, actual flood insurance. Uh, you know, I mean, I remember one of the homeowners insurance I had in Florida was for everything but flood. And I ended up making you get flood in the end. But in the beginning, they talked about, uh, no, I didn't want flood. I lived on, you know, high ground as high as you can get in Florida. And, uh, so I didn't need flood, but they talked about, well, if it floods, then we don't cover it. But if you were to have, say, like a tree limb smash into your house and then have water damage, then the insurance covers it, right? So, I mean, if I started seeing that the water was flooding in my house, I was very much prepared to ram a tree limb through the front door. <laughs> so it happened. The wind blew that bad boy through it. Oh, that would be insurance fraud, Jeff. Okay, you got me. I, 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 you got me. If you could prove I did it, you got me. All right. But I, I'm, I, I don't know where all this money is going to come from. Florida is, I mean, I, Governor DeSantis has done a great job. Everybody's got the power back. At least they're saying, you know, 100% of the power is back. Uh, you know, people are helping everyone. The, it's been, it's been a, you know, a, a labor of, well, a labor of love for people coming down there to help people in real trouble. But, uh, you know, I don't know what happens now. I mean, now that you have the power back, uh, lives are starting to try to get back to normal unless you had lost everything. Uh, I don't know, you know, where the money comes to rebuild. I don't know where you're getting all that money. I mean, holy cow, there's got to be plenty of places where you're just not going to get the money to rebuild. It's just not going to happen. It's just a sorry. Uh, you know what? We're out of business and there's no money. And you know what? We've decided that we don't want people building there. Well, okay, because, I mean, that's a huge tax revenue for these cities, for the state. Uh, and there's no state income tax, Jeff. I know. But uh, there's property taxes. And there's, uh, you know, taxes for the local municipalities. And there's taxes for everything else. So, I mean, that's a lot of money. And I don't know where this insurance money is going to come from. But... I guess we'll just print it, just like we're doing everything else. Just print it. Shut up. We're going to print some more. Oh, and did you see where my main man, uh, William Shatner, Captain Kirk, the man who went to space on Blue Origin, who had our own goosebump-inducing audio from that trip, he has now said that he thought the ride would be the ultimate catharsis. Catharsis? Yeah, I guess I pronounce it right. The ultimate... Amorphophallus. <laughs> yeah, that's not how it's pronounced. Uh, catharsis. And that connection that he'd been looking for between all living things. And he says now that it felt more like a funeral as he considered humanity's destruction of organisms that took billions of years to evolve. Um, I don't know uh, if that's true. I believe that that's a lie because we actually have audio of William Shatner in space and it does not sound like a funeral I've been to. God. Weightlessness. Oh, Jesus. Carmeline. <laughs> <laughs> no description. 
can equal this weightlessness. This is nuts! Oh my god. <laughs> oh wow. Oh, I'm telling you. Holy hell. Oh my goodness me. Oh wow. I can't believe this. Oh yeah. That's a that's a heck of a funeral. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.